Hi, my name is Hope Roth, and you are listening to The Floating Point on Rave Pubs Radio. I'm joined today by Billy Seiler, who is going to talk to us about what it's like to go from zero to 60 in AV programming. So thank you, Billy, for joining us. Before we get started, I would like to thank our sponsor, Ingram Micro. Ingram Micro, for all your AV and IT needs, visit ingrammicro.com. So, Billy, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry, did I mangle your name? No, actually, um, that was perfect, and, and that rarely happens. So, but thank you for having me. Oh, thank, thank you. you. For, thank you for being here. Thank you for getting my name right. <laughs> it's the least I can do. It is all downhill from here. Ah, uh, all right. The show is just gonna go right off this cliff. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Billy, um, last time we talked was a little bit over a year ago, and I know this because we looked it up before the show because we've yep. both been through so much in the past year. It's all just blending together. Oh yeah. Um, you came on AV Power Up when I was still on AV Power Up, and we talked about what it was like to learn how to be a programmer. Um, so I wanted to follow up with you, see what the last year has been like, see what we can learn. Um, probably, hopefully, if we have any listeners out there, they might be interested in becoming an AV programmer. So last last show went kind of into the weeds on on some technical stuff, and this one we're going to bring it back to basics. Just what it's like, how you do it, and lessons that you learn. So um, first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, here? Well, um, I mean, to, to just kind of start even easily, I, I started Navy about uh, five years ago as a installer for a large AV company. Um, when my wife became pregnant with our second son, I realized I didn't want to travel as much. So I went and worked for the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Um, while I was there, we had a couple small AMX systems. Um, and I decided, you know, hey, maybe somebody should go and learn how the program for this is done just to change a couple things because they weren't very smooth. And there was a lot of complaints when I got there about them. So I figured I have the time, I'll go do it. And from there, I got a little bit more interested in programming. Um, and just syntax and how it worked and the languages and everything. Um, and a little while after that, a recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn. There was a company in the area that was looking for, actually looking for a production manager for um, a local site that they managed. And they looked at my resume and they said, well, he's got a lot of install experience. He has a little bit of experience with programming, taking courses. Let, let's see what we can do with him and, and ask him about becoming a Crestron programmer. And they offered me a job, and they said, we'll put you through the, through the ringer, basically. Um, we're not going to put you out there without any experience and expect you to, you know, make the world turn. But we'll do what we can to give you the, the knowledge to get out there, and then you tell us how comfortable we are to go. So uh, I started there at the end of September in 2015. following month, I took uh, Crestron CTP 101. Um, Two weeks after that, I took the smart graphics course. Four weeks after that, I took 201. Uh, and then after that, I had a pretty good basic set of skills to really get into programming certain rooms. And I was doing divisible rooms, large conference rooms. Um, and then little simple things that were just like, we want our projectors to turn off and we need to learn this. And in doing so, you just kind of, you, 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 get, you get this whirlwind of knowledge that just hits you because you gotta 
learn how to control this device. You got to understand the logic and, and, and everything. And then a couple months after that, I took Fusion. And then in May, I took 301 and summer hit and all the schools are closed. So we got busy and uh, I just downloaded the exam about four days ago, took a look at it and now I want to cry. But <laughs> I think I'll do good. Even my dog's upset about it. She's yeah. in the background. She's it's, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, but, that is just, I mean, talk about trial by fire and a crash course. That is phenomenally fast. Yeah. I, mean, I remember I took, well, I took 101 and 201 when they were still called configurations, essentials, and intermediate. And then I, I had to take 201 over again because there was a little mix up. And then I showed up for 301 about maybe a month later. And the guy was like, how are you going to be able to do this? You really need some time. It sounds like you took enough time in between the classes to actually let it all soak in and learn it. But I'm very impressed. That's very quick to go through everything. Yeah, it, um, I, I it was it was unreal how quickly um, I had to just learn it. I mean, it was it, we the, the company I worked for. We had an independent program we use, and then we had me, and they they really wanted me to get out there and and doing stuff. And so it kind of helped that they just they threw me out there. Like they didn't leave me completely, you know, in the dark. But I I, I had plenty of time to do stuff. Um, and I took, I took my time in between classes to, to where I was comfortable. Like 101, um, after like the first four hours, I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, this is how this works. Oh, okay. And then taking the skills you learn from there and doing a couple things, you know, and I'm like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And they're like, oh, well, you can try it this way. And then you go to 201 and they're like, so all that stuff we learned in 101, here's how you can do it but on a more advanced level. And I'm like, oh, and it just opened up all these doors on just little features that you can throw into programming, but also easier ways to do it. And, and, it, and now I just use that to, I, I, um, like I have all the programs that we, we do in the classes pinned um, on my taskbar because I reference them constantly. Because I'm like, what was that one thing we did? What was that symbol we used? You know. It happens all the time and I constantly need it. It's, it, it was a very fast time to learn a lot of stuff, but um, you know, I, I just have to constantly go back and, and, and look at it, but I, it gets the, I get the job done and um, I'm getting better at it. It, it. I'm still insanely new just at the world of programming um, from any level, um, but I, I'm getting there and, and I, I, I definitely don't want to turn my back on it now because I've, I've kind of fallen in love. <laughs> I won't tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> she knows, I think. She knows. I think my husband knows that programming is sort of my mistress as well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an open marriage. Yeah. Um, I, I, th I think that just proves the point of everyone who's ever talked to somebody after they took 101 and they say, you need to buy something or get something or find something that fell off the back of a truck and you need to set it up and you need to play with it because if you don't use this stuff, you will lose it. But if you take it and you work with it and you add to it and you modify it, that's how you learn how to do it. And you know, Crestron will, will show you the fundamentals and they'll show you the symbols, but then it's kind of up to you to take that into the field and see what you can do with it. So it's 
So good on you for, for, for diving into it, for not being intimidated and just trying it. And it's, it's great that your company was able to give you that learning curve. Cause I know a lot of places don't really have that, that attitude towards their programmers. It's yeah. Like, get it perfect or, you know, go away. Well, it, um, that definitely gave me an advantage. I, I feel like, um, that one, the, the systems we do most of the time aren't very complex. Uh, so it, it's very, I can get in there and do a very basic program and I'm good to go. But whenever we do get into the more complex systems, they gave me the time to say, okay, Billy, we got this job and it's due in this amount of time. How long do you think we'll need? And I had to be realistic about it. And I'd say, I will need, you know, two weeks to sit down, figure out how we're going to do all this stuff um, based off the scope of work you gave me, just because you're asking for a lot. And I said, okay. And, you know, I have a little office and I have a CP3N that I can just sit and play with all the time and do what I need to do. And, um, and it's, it, it's helped. I mean, it, it really helped that they had given me the opportunity to grow to be a programmer. Um, but also, you know, it, it helps the company because um, we have a service department. They, they come at me and ask me questions about stuff and I've been able to help them where they've had programming issues and using independent programmers. Um, sometimes you just can't get a hold of those guys. They're, they're busy. You know, if you're an independent programmer, you, you've got a lot of, a lot of different jobs you're doing at once. I and mean, when you work for a company, you got a lot of different jobs that you're doing once, but they're all in your company. So people know what your schedule is. And, um, but it's, it, I, I definitely owe them a lot. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity they gave me um, because it's, it's a career choice that I didn't realize I was going to be making, you know, five years ago when I was first doing AB and, and here I am and I, I don't want to do anything else. I mean, it also probably helps that an independent programmer is often ungodly expensive. So <laughs> if, it takes, if it takes them a week and it takes you a week and a half, it might still be cheaper to have you do it. Exactly. I mean, well, I, I think the other thing of having an entry-level programmer is that they're getting you on the cheap, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you take that certification exam, well, yeah, they, owe then, you, they owe you a raise. Yeah, then we're going to have to have a little chat. So. Yeah. They said they, they'd like to have me certified before the end of the year. And I said, well, you have to give me this little thing we have called time. Time, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's why I've actually just now downloaded it. Like, as I was saying before, our summer, uh, a lot of our clients are universities, schools, things like that. And our summer, once, once I, like, I got back from 301, and it was just like, okay, here's job, here's job, here's job, here's job. And it, maybe two weeks ago, it just started to lighten up. Like I looked at my schedule and the tasks I have coming up and I'm just like, Oh, I only have two jobs in the queue. Okay. You have, you have about six weeks of freedom and then the winter break stuff starts up. Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, let me see if I can squeeze this in and then I download it and I look at it and I'm like, Oh man, yeah. I really wish I had maybe downloaded this right after I took it. I mean, it, I, 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 the thing is, is like once you download it, you get 90 days. So I was like, I don't want to download this now. And then I know it's summer and I'm just going to be swamped and I'm not going to have the time. Yeah. So I waited and now I'm like, I kind of remember, like there's just one little thing that I'm like oh, about the rest of it. It's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of stuff and I'll, I'll get it. You know, there's, there's been a lot of people that have done it before. Not a ton, but a lot. Oh. 
about a thousand, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, everybody, everyone who's certified has done it and, and has gone through the ringer just like I have. So I just got to sit down, do it and hopefully get my certification and be like, yo boss, we need to talk. We need to talk. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have been hired straight up. We, we didn't need to know anything else about you except that you're a certified programmer. The interview yeah. was basically to make sure I wasn't a complete a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I guess we can work with you. Yeah. Uh, you're hired. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely something that's good for your career and definitely something where if your company is not willing to give you a raise after you get certified, they are, they're, they're very silly. Um, I just, yeah, I remember taking my exam and it's just the sheer amount of stuff and it's a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily touch because they have all of the different kinds of programming in there. So there's commercial, resi, higher ed, and you may have, you may have touched pieces of all of that, but generally people don't do all of those. I've actually worked in all of those verticals. I worked at a school for six years, so I know the pain that is summer vacation that is not a vacation. Um, so some of that is just learning how, how houses work. And actually I, I moved into residential after I was certified and I referenced some of the stuff from my certification exam. Wait, how did this work? What did I do? What did I learn for that? Because, um, because that was my experience of working with it was, was programming for the certification. So even, even just taking the exam is, a um, is what I found was a learning experience. Um, I will yeah. offer you one tip, which is I worked some of it at home and then I was very fortunate that my company gave me time. Mostly my, my boss gave me time. So like three o'clock on a Friday is not usually like a good time to start a new production code because you're not going to be working on it all weekend. And so you'll probably forget about where you, where your place was and you're a little fried at the end of the week. So that was three o'clock on a Friday. If I wasn't working on user guides, which was my other Friday afternoon activity, but that was generally when I worked on it. So if you, if you can make the time, that's usually a good time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that's, um, that's generally when I like around two o'clock on Fridays, I'll, um, uh, I'm just like by the end of the week, I'm like, all right, I'm kind of, so I'll, I'll start to, what I, one thing I like to do is uh, download the sample programs from the application market. Mm, those and, are really helpful. And just kind of see how they want this to work for this product. Like if I'm like, um, you know, I got a client who wants to have the address book for a real presence group series 700 on their touch panel. Well, um, then I, that's how you got to figure it out. I mean, it, cause They've run it through the ringer or Crestron that make sure it works. And I want to copy the same thing into there and uh, you can change the little nuances about it and stuff. Um, but um, I, I, it's, it's more just for like the, the learning curve to, to even see ways that you, other ways you can do a program um, and, and things. Cause I, there's a billion different ways to get from point A to point B. And yeah. And everybody does it a different way. <laughs> yeah, and there's definitely a Crestron way of doing it. But their, yeah. way, their way generally won't lead you right off the edge of a cliff. I mean, sometimes it will, but, you know, maybe there's a rope ladder or something that you can cling to, and they're like, there's a rope ladder there. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, hey, I'm, I'm certified. I'm, I'm eligible for my silver certification after this next master's. And awesome. I still, I still open example programs. So. Yeah. 
it's definitely useful. Even just to say, okay, is this a latching signal or is this a momentary signal? I can't really figure it out from the help file and I, I'm getting some weird results. So what did they do? Oh, there's a one on it. So, um, yeah. so I use it for that as well. Speaking of kids, um, I, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and in, it's funny because, um, my five-year-old, I, I downloaded this to keep my, my mind fresh on just how logic works. I downloaded this app on my iPad um, for doing programming logic. And it's basically you take a little guy and you use programming logic to make him move throughout a board and to collect stuff. I can't remember what it's called, like playgrounds or something like that. And it's got my son really into it. That's and awesome. As I keep saying, I'm like, if I could go back and do it, well, everybody says, if I could go back and do it all over again. Um, you know, like now I'm looking at it and it's like, I, I have such a, a love for this and, and it really challenges me in a way that I enjoy that I'm like, I, I wish I had gone to school for this. But when I was 18, I, I wanted to be a rock star. So clearly I wasn't going to go to school to learn how to do computer programming. Hey, I wanted to be a rock star and I have a cop side of grace. This must be compromises earlier than others. <laughs> yeah, I just was like, I'm going to go to music recording and I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to be awesome. And I'm like, well, I did half of that. I went to New York and then I, that was it. <laughs> but I mean. I minored in performing arts, except I never did the integrating exercise. So I didn't finish that one. That was my compromise with my parents. Yeah. Um, I had a tiger dad, I guess. <laughs> he was like, he was like, no daughter of mine is getting a liberal arts degree. Yes uh, or nothing. That's, I mean, that's one thing. My parents were just like, yeah, sure, go for it. You know, you can do it. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went and I was like, I don't want, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to pay for this after I go to school. I didn't know that. What are these loan things? Oh. That's rough. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to ask for that raise when you get certified. <laughs> um, it's funny that you brought up the, um, the sort of brain games, the iPad games, because on our very first floating point show, we had Twan uh, Larenfeld from Crestron on and we had a reader question, how do I get into programming? And I'm thinking he's going to say, go to 101. And what he said was watch videos online that real programmers watch. Um, and, and it really kind of changed my way of thinking about this, which is instead of thinking about simple windows, instead of thinking about AV, I mean, obviously you, you, you started off as a technician. I worked as a technician as well. So you have that background, you know, the equipment. So really it's about training your brain. And, you know, I did have the advantage of having that comp sci degree, but I didn't use it for a long time. Mm. So I'm still reading books and, um, and I'm doing a lot more now in simple sharp and simple sharp pro. Um, which has been, so I feel like my past year has actually been kind of a little bit similar to yours where all of a sudden I've thrown myself right back into the pool and I love it. And the day just kind of passes and you're like, Oh, I should probably go pick up my kid at daycare now because it's six 30 and I wasn't paying attention. Well, six 30, I'd be paying them a lot of money, but you know, five 30, I haven't been paying attention. Um, and the beauty of simple sharp and simple sharp pro is you can actually just Google it. Whereas with Crestron stuff, you kind of have to find those little pockets of communities. But then once you get into the line code, you're like, Oh, I'll just go to, you know, stack overflow and I'll see how they did it there. 
Nice. Um, but I understand that you do use some of those online pockets of community. So you're a, you're a, con a consumer of the Crestron Yahoo group. And then also a, there's a Facebook group. Did you mention that when we were chatting earlier? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, the, the Yahoo group is, is nice because it's just like a constant steady thread of, Hey, I have this equipment and I need to do this with it. Has anybody heard these things? And then Facebook uh, is nice because you can get a much quicker response for things. Um, but in like anything else with Facebook, it's, it's like, oh, this is stupid or you're doing it wrong. There's people like that. But for the most part, there's a lot of helpful people out there who are very willing to help other programmers get the job done and to get that information out there. Like uh, there was, oh man, I was racking my brain because I couldn't get a certain piece of equipment to work. And all of a sudden I was just like, all right, I'm going to go on the Facebook page. And then I go down like the second thread. It's talking about how here's why this isn't working. You need to revert to database, whatever. And I did that and boom, it was working fine. It was just like something weird in the compile. So, yeah, I, those, those communities are, are really, really helpful for people like me or really for anybody. If you're just stuck in a grind, it's just like, maybe it was, you know, you've been, you just, or at the end of your rope and you just can't think straight and you're just like, let me bounce this off somebody else and see what they have to say. And, and that, that's insanely helpful. Like it, there's so many times where I've gone to those groups and they just, it's just, Oh, right. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't have any other programmers in my company, so I can't bounce anything off of anyone. It, it, the most I can bounce off of anybody is to just sit there and talk and, and hopefully somebody's bored enough to listen to me jabber on about tech crap. But um, the, the, those message boards have just been really helpful as far as getting information when I just can't think, helping me through stuff, helping me troubleshoot. You know, there's a couple guys in there that are like, hey, I've been doing this for 10 years. Send me your code. I'll look at it and see what I can do. And, and it's sometimes they've been like, they're like, okay, something's really crazy wherever they're installing because what you have is fine. And other times they're like, oh, you can do it that way. But the reason it's not running as smoothly because it needs to be done. If you do it this way, it'll run smoothly. And that's just like, oh, and then I can take it and do it all over again that way. And, and I'll use that as I go forward. So I've, I've really learned a lot from doing things myself, but also from these other guys and these other, these other ladies who are just great, great, great help. And, and, and that, that I think is a big part. I'm constantly shocked at how helpful those online communities are, especially since sometimes people post something and it's like, did you even open the help file? And, you know, sometimes people will say, hey, there's about 50 threads about this exact same thing. Please search the archives. We're not going to answer it if you can't bother to do a little bit of research first. But, you know, if you say, hey, I tried this, this, and this, and it doesn't work, people will really go out of their way to help you, which I think is, is great. I mean, I think it's good for our community as a whole. The more knowledge there is out there, the less likely it is that I'm going to have to inherit somebody else's code that's just absolutely horrible and janky. Um, and I think it's just sort of better for our industry as a whole to have good programmers out there. That's kind of the way I see it. I got plenty of work. I don't need any more. I'd like to have people with knowledge. Maybe I'll hire them someday. Um, so that's kind of the way I see it that, you know, we're all sort of in competition, but it's a small enough industry that, that does enough volume of work that there's, there's plenty of work for all of us. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just sort of, it's just good for the universe to have people 
to have people know stuff. But the thing that often strikes me about the online communities is this feeling of like, get out of my head. You know, I mean, a lot of times it's like, yeah, there's a bad database. Don't install it because, you know, your scrolling list is not going to work. It, it is just going to show big question marks. But then sometimes it's some random esoteric piece of equipment and somebody else posts that day and you're like, oh, wow, I was just having that problem. That was creepy, but, yeah. <laughs> but helpful. Yeah. I'll take helpful, even if it's slightly weird. <laughs> um, so the the other thing that I think is kind of interesting is that everybody who gets into AV programming sort of comes into it from a different place. You do actually have people who come into it from computer science, especially you know people working directly for Crestron, where they're doing a lot of stuff in in house with line code. Or some shops will just hire people directly out of college and have them do stuff in Simple Sharp Pro. But then a lot of people kind of come up through the ranks. And I think programming is kind of seen as that next step in your career, even if it's not something that you necessarily have an affinity for. Because um, it generally pays pretty well. And, you know, a lot of times you can work from home and you can get away with stuff and you don't have to stand on a ladder with your arm up, a, you know, the side of the wall. Um, but it's, it's always sort of interesting to me to see sort of what affinity people have based on, on how they came into it. So you, you and I were both techs. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how some of the things that you learned before you were a programmer maybe helped you out? Well, I think um, one of the biggest things, and it was something that was instilled in me in college, was um, signal flow. Because um, when, when I did go to school, I went to school for music recording like every other person we all went to school for auto engineering i swear if you're if you're an av tech that's what you did um and you either went into av or you worked at guitar center because we can't all work in a recording studio and uh signal flow it, it's just the one consistent thing through everything and it's it's almost and that, like you can it, it's pretty linear when you get into programming and how it's it's like it's logic how does this join connect with this join and what does it do? You know, signal flow. How does signal get from here to here and what happens in between? You know, because that's all we're trying to do. And, and having that, I, I, one of these days, I got to go back to my college and, and shake my professor's hand and say, I just want to thank you for instilling in me uh, this concept of signal flow and that, you know, taking that extra time. Like, yeah, our class was annoyed because we harped on it and harped on it but we were a bunch of 19 year olds who didn't know better but now i'm like if that hadn't happened i don't i don't know if if i'd have the mindset to understand logic because logic is just I, I remember when we did um ev power up and you and uh chris i think his name was um it's you just harp you you just kept saying about logic understanding logic and do this and and Look at YouTube videos and read this just to get that grasp of logic. And you'll know that if you can think about that and, and understand why things are going from here to here, you're going to get it. It's going to make it so much easier for you. So, um, so I think that, that that's that, that one constant thing of signal flow going the whole way through. It's really just made it. That's pretty interesting because um – when I try to explain what the, you know, the sort of environment that I program in to friends who are software developers, I, 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 the way I often describe it is 
this is programming for people who are used to like gazinzas and gazatas. Like you follow the path of the signal flow and that's how things get, get changed around. And I, I actually come from a background that's more about algorithms and if thens, else's and things like that. But it, the thing that's kind of beautiful about it is, you know, you may have a different background, but the sort of logic of it is kind of the same sort of the way that like people who are good at music are often good at math and vice versa, because, you know, I think people think of them as being sort of like polar opposites, but they actually are very similar. You know, Mozart apparently was also a math genius as well, because it's all about how things relate and, um, you know, adding and subtracting and combining. Um, so I didn't, the signal flow part for me was actually pretty tough because that wasn't how I had learned to program. And then it was sort of funny. I was, you know, the kind of, wait, what was that in, in 201? The, the first time I took 201, partially because my laptop was so small. I like everything was falling off the screen and I just didn't, I wasn't used to working in that environment. And then usually they move into simple plus on the second or third day of 201 and then everybody's lost. And I was like, oh, this is the part I got. And the guy was like, Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> like, you're not a dunderhead. You just, this is what you're used to. So have you worked in simple plus yet? Have you learned some stuff about line code and, um, and does that signal flow kind of translate into that? Or is that going to be kind of a big step for you? It, it is. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big step, but it definitely is a, it's a transition. You can still kind of apply it there. Um, it's just that, see, because when you're in simple windows, you can actually visually see oh, this this symbol is going to this symbol, and, and, in, and I need this to happen, and this join goes like this and stuff. You can apply that. I, I apply that when I do simple plus. Um, but I, I, it, <laughs> it's not as strong as I want it to be. But I, I do, I do get it. And, and I, I, I actually like it more. I've, after taking 301, I really enjoy that environment more. And I've written myself little basic modules to do things. Like um, I, we saw a lot of sharp monitors. So I sold, I've made one for sharp monitors that throws that RS-232 initialization out there um, and, and stuff like that. Like, and, but, you know, I still have to tell the text. I'm like, when you reload the program, make sure the monitor's on. Otherwise, it ain't going to work. Um, but you know, it's uh, most of them get that. Though. But um, it, it, the, I, I personally, I can apply that concept of signal flow a little bit in there because I, I'm still trying to do the same thing. But in doing it where it's you know lines of code, I, I kind of I actually enjoy it more, and it, it makes me want to learn more in that that software, and even like. Okay, so what can I do now to get to the next steps? I mean, I, ha I have to do it for the for the um, uh, exam, for the certification exam, and that's like one of the big parts of it is in the very first page um, what you have to do on there, and it's like, well, the only way to do this is in a simple plus program, and you kind of do one like that in three hundred one, but not really. So I, it's you know just trying to understand how things build on each other in simple plus as opposed to they do in simple windows. Um, is a challenge for me because I don't have that background, that strong background of writing lines of code and understanding syntax and things like that. But I'm getting there because I do it more because I don't want to lose what I learned in those classes. So I'm like, instead of just writing up all this stuff here, I'm going to throw it in this simple plus and make a little module and do it. And that's, you know, we were talking about 
at two o'clock on Fridays, that's that's where I'll do that occasionally. I'm like, all right, so here's this module I was working on to throw source the names of sources on the buttons. Okay, let's, let's build on that a little more today and see if we can get it to work. Um, and that you know that I, I want to get stronger in that environment, and and I'm hoping to eventually. Um, you know, and even in the next year or two, see where I'm going and, and where I'm at, and maybe even delve into sharp but I don't, I don't know yet the thought of it kind of scares me but it's not as scary as it looks no I, I don't think so I the, the the guy who taught my last class he was saying like if you you're here so you're serious about this and if you're going to be more serious about it you got to start learning sharp and I was like okay you know but I, I it, that's the next logical step it is from what I've heard from a lot of programmers is that they're excited about it um they, they're really happy that Crestron has gone this way. Um, so powerful. There's so many yeah. things that you can do with it. They're really supporting it very, very strongly. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's Crestron labs where I mean, half the time I can't figure out what I'm doing. And then I just search Crestron labs and it's like, Oh, okay, this is what I need to do. It's all, there's a lot of support there. And yeah, it brings in Google and stack exchange or stack overflow and, all of that. So I would definitely encourage you to stick with that side of things. I, I, this week, I feel like I really personally turned over a leaf in doing stuff in Simple Sharp Pro where I had been, you know, writing my own modules and some of the stuff I could do that that is just amazing. I mean, I wrote a module that will address on my Cresnet devices. We do a lot of commercial lighting. So you, you might have 50 Cresnet devices on a system and then you just put the serial numbers and the IDs that you want into um, basically a spreadsheet that you export to an XML file, load that to a processor, load the dummy code that I wrote that uses my module, um, open up debugger, hit the signal that's called press me, and a minute later everything's addressed. And I think the first time I had somebody from my company run that, he was just like, wizard, oh my goodness, I can't believe that was so <laughs> And it's like, yeah, and that was the one where I just sort of jumped in with both feet to learn how to do that, and it took me forever, and I was so obsessed with getting it right. I think it was like nine o'clock at night, and I was still on my laptop at home just trying to figure it out because I was so excited for it. And then the first time I saw that ID change, it was just amazing. That's awesome. You know, and that you know, and that took me forever. And then the next module I wrote um, was to manage a lighting power pack. Um, most people don't even know what those are, but who do this sort of stuff because it's such a random product. But you know, it manages occupancy and a few other things. So, okay. So you basically, instead of hard coding whether a room turns on when you walk in or not, it's all done from a config file, and then I modified it later so it's actually updatable by the user from a web page or a touch panel. So, you know, when they decide that the bathroom should really turn on when you open the door and not when you hit the, the uh, keypad, you just go in and you update it and it's all done. You know, and that was, that one's a lot more complicated than doing Cresnet addresses from an XML file, but it was, you know, faster. And now I'm at the point where I'm, you know, I'm actually writing stuff in Simple Sharp Pro and I don't want to go back to Simple Windows. You know, I open up Simple Windows and I'm like, oh, I guess I can do it in here. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's a big step, but the nice thing is, is it opens up the world of Google and references, and I would highly recommend, you know, watching some videos on your lunch break, or, I mean, there's a lot of logic puzzles you can even do with your kid. I mean, you're saying you're doing this iPad game with your son. Yeah. The thing I think that got me to the point where I was able to do comp sci in college and, and understand stuff was actually my fourth grade teacher really, really loved those puzzles where it's like, 
Alice ate an apple for lunch and Billy ate the same thing as Charlie. And if Derek went and got eggs, you know, what did Frankie eat? That kind of thing. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and we used to do a ton of those and I loved them and I thought they were great. And it really helps you to do that logical thinking. And like you said, that's all signal flow. Okay, so Alice went to the market which means that, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and you kind of follow it through to the logical conclusion, and that's all that programming is, is taking everything to its logical conclusion. So I guess that would be my recommendation for when you want to get into it. Just just skip Simple Plus and go right into Simple Sharp. <laughs> well, I need Simple Plus now in order to get certified. Get certified. But as soon as I'm oh. certified, maybe then I'll just jump over to it. You know, the thing, I guess there is a couple things that you need Simple Plus for that they you know that they're hard enough on the exam for that but they're you know I, they still have the requirement like you have to write your own simple module and your own simple plus module and they they did for 301 but they it was funny you had to write a, a simple plus module for 301 to get into the class yep but they didn't teach you simple plus huh. they just kind of were like oh here's simple plus and here's kind of how it works so you're gonna have to do that and then you had to write your own simple module which i don't like doing I, I, kind of, I kind of find it annoying sometimes to write my own simple, like I get why you would do it. It makes sense. I, it's almost I write like my I, own all the time. Yeah. Like I feel like I should, like I should really start writing my own simple modules. Well, anything that you find yourself doing a lot, it should be a module. Okay. And I mean, the whole idea in computer science is that things should be object oriented, which means you kind of have something that you encapsulate in one little bite sized piece and you can just reuse it over and over and over again. And the right. beauty of that is it's there, you don't have to do it. So if you find yourself going, you said you go into your programs from 101, 201 and 301, mm -hmm. there's stuff in there that you're like copying and pasting a subfolder all the time. That should be a module because then you don't have to copy and paste it. You're just dropping it right in and then it saves you time and it also keeps you from making mistakes. Um, and it's really powerful. I mean, I do a lot of big enterprise level stuff where we're talking a five story building with 50 rooms and we're doing the lights in it. And so it absolutely has to be consistent. I mean, an AV on the AV side of things, you can kind of like, Oh, you know, it takes 60 seconds for the projector to warm up. And there's a few different ways that we could do that on the page. And, but like with, you know, and maybe it's a little different from one room to the other, which it really shouldn't be, but most end users might not notice. Um, if the lights don't work the same way in all of the same room types in commercial lighting, people will say that they are broken. So I have to be consistent. So I use modules for that. And it means that, yeah, I can't mess it up. And it also means, because for a lot of my things, it's like, you know, 50 rooms all within one thing, and then they change their mind. And so you have to write your modules in a way that you can either F9 it to change a parameter or sometimes even I'll have a module and it's like they've changed something and then I just go in and instead of having to copy and paste to, you know, 20 programs because, you know, I have written things where there's 20 different programs that run. I try not to because that's not very object oriented, but sometimes you can't get away from it. But then you have that module in there and instead of going in and fixing your logic in 20 places, you fix your module you drop it into the subfolder for all of those, open it up, recompile it, and then you're done. So I can I cannot recommend writing your own modules enough. Well, I know what I'll be doing next Friday at two o'clock. It's writing some modules. I have like four 
things that I do in almost every program now that I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, yeah, that would make sense if I just wrote that into a module. Yeah, and, and I, have, I have a template, and my template is based off of my modules, and I know my modules are good because my coworkers ask for them. There you go. <laughs> and other people use them. So, you know, you take, and sometimes I write a module, and I'm like, oh, it's not really the cleverest way of doing it, or it gets bloated because you try to have it do too many things. And, but the, the best ones are the ones where you've been doing something over and over for a while, and you go, you know what? let's just put this all in one place and then you kind of you sort of encapsulate it in a nice bite-sized piece. So okay. object oriented, that's like the buzzword of the decade, but it really, you know, there's no need to reinvent the wheel every time. I mean, a lot of people like to put their own spin on things or I added my little twist or this is my way of doing it. You know, nobody can write my code like me, but I'm all about consistency being quick um, starting from, I start from my template pretty much every time and I can get a fully complicated, crazy building up and running pretty quick because I have the stuff, I have all the bits and pieces. I just need to put them together. So that's something my, the, the, um, and my boss has said to me, he goes, you know, if you can start from a, what I'd like to do is have like a template for this and a template for that. I'm like, well, what I'd really like to do is have a template for, I mean, because all our projects are pretty much always the same. And I'd like to have a template that I can either, that, that I could more build on. Like, okay, so here's sources, you know, and here's, are we doing presentation? Are we doing video conferencing? Are we doing audio conferencing? And being able to like take that stuff out or add in more sources, things like that. Um, just to save myself some time. And what's been awful is that I just haven't had the time to really do it. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, and I could come home and do some stuff. Um, being a parent kind of kills that too. Yeah. And then by the time, by the time my kids are in bed, you know, and it's like, I, I want to spend some time with my wife. And she, she has a job now where she's, you know, she's got some stuff that she has to do at night. So we've been, it's funny because our nights are now like, we'll put our kids to bed and, We'll put something on TV and every once in a while, but just sitting there doing work. But we're trying to get away from that because that's not good. But um, but it's uh, you know, like I I want to get that time designated in. I'm 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 really looking forward to like January and February at my company because we are always dead then, and I'm just I'm that may actually probably be when I really get into start writing my own models. Look, going back into old programs I've written and seeing, okay, what are the processes that are what's the common denominator? Like what, what functions am I doing over and over and over again? And what can I, what subfolder looks exactly the same throughout the year? And make that, which I'm now going to do since you so wonderfully suggested that that's probably yeah, something do. And then it can end up saving me time. Cause I, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's funny cause I, there's one thing I do now um, and I learned it in 201 and it's using a serial demultiplexer to put in sources into multiple different displays you know it's like it's like the second day it's what you do and i i put it in every program because i feel like it's a nice way to say oh, okay if there's well if there's multiple displays i'll do it you know? yeah i'm like all right well you've got four different sources and you've got three different displays this way you know what's on what display 
And I'd, I'd put that in every one. It's like, oh, I could totally just make a module out of that. And the way I wouldn't have to write every sim simple in there. But I've done it so much now that I'm just like, oh, I know exactly what I need and know all the other symbols I need to, to do this. Um, but at this point, that's, you know, I, I honestly hadn't even thought of making it a module until okay. you said that. And now I'm like thinking of all the other things I do that I'm like, oh, man, I can make that a module. And it would save me an hour and a half. Yeah, and it, it, and the important thing is just for you know your bosses to understand. Like maybe I'm not billable for four hours next Friday, but it's gonna save you money in the long run. Yeah. Um. So and I've I've definitely been very fortunate in that I work for somebody who understands. Like when Hope says she needs to work on something, she's gonna make something that's gonna make me money. <laughs> eventually you know maybe not on friday but eventually we'll be able to use this and it'll save us all time um so every now and then i just say look i'm going to spend thursday and i have this thing that i want to do and trust me it's going to be cool nice <laughs> and i guess i've been lucky that it's mostly been cool and i mostly haven't taken myself too far down the, the rabbit hole but definitely it's good practice it's good um it's good to push yourself and it's good to think Yes, you think in terms of signal flow. I these days think in terms of Venn diagrams. Okay, how can I encapsulate everything into one common thing and then I make a few changes outside of that? So when you take, you know, so maybe, maybe there's a few things that change in between your rooms for your source selection, but generally, you know, we always do these five things and then we know that there are these two things that are always going to be slightly different. So that then becomes a parameter or it becomes something that comes out of a config file or it just becomes something that you send that signal a little farther down the path. But the ability to kind of take all the stuff that you've been doing um, and, and distill it into something that is one little bite-sized piece that's, you know, one object. Um, I think that's what makes you a real programmer. <laughs> so it sounds like you're on your way there and you've already got a pretty good idea about how that's going. Um, but I am looking at the time and realizing that we have been talking for a very long time. Uh -oh. This has been a super interesting conversation and I think I'd like to have you back again to celebrate when you're certified. <laughs> um, no pressure or anything, but if you're certified in time to go to master's this year, um, there's a lot of drinking that we can all do together. Yeah, yeah. And a lot, I mean, talk about the online programming communities and people that will teach you. I have learned more at Masters than I think I learned anywhere else just from lunchtime conversations. Yeah. I am the person that will say, okay, tell me how you use a config file to do this. And other people will tell you that sort of stuff over lunch at Masters. So get certified so you can come nerd out with us. All right, Billy? Oh, uh, that's, uh, well, that's definitely my goal. I mean, I yeah. got, I got 90 days, so I think I have, uh, till the middle of January. Oh yeah. Well then you will be certified in time. So okay. I'll, I'll be certified in time. Um, and it's definitely my goal for this year. Uh, I'd love to make it to masters. Um, it, it'd be great to just kind of pick brains, um, for a couple of days and just kind of get some, get some info from people and, and just, I love to see how everybody does everything. It, it really just it makes it worth my while. So, um, I, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, I can bear down and, um, be responsible and, there you go. and get, get the programming done and get certified. And, and then, um, you know, who knows, but I'll, I'll definitely be a master's. Awesome. <laughs>
All right. So you get certified. You let me know when you're certified and we'll have you back on to celebrate and we'll talk about what you learned from your exam. Sounds good. But uh, before we finish up, we always do a sort of lighthearted question at the end. <laughs> um, you and I have both worn many caps throughout the years in terms of our job responsibilities. And I think uh, one of the sort of trademarks of our industry is that a lot of the people in it tend to um, want to help and want to do whatever it takes to get a job done. So my, my question for you is, what is the craziest thing you've done to, to get a job done or for work that was very much not in your job responsibilities? Um, <laughs> and I will go first, just to give you some time. Um, I worked on site as a technician, so we did meeting setups and um, troubleshoot, break fix, things like that. Um, one year at Christmas, our job was to mic up Santa Claus for all of the children of the employees that work there. I went to mic up Santa Claus, and they said, hey, we were supposed to have an elf, and she called out sick today, and I'm not sure exactly how it happened, um, but 10 minutes later, I was wearing a hot pink elf costume like, um, like they wear in, uh, you know, the Rudolph Arendos random. <laughs> And so I walked around with Santa Claus and handed out stuff from a basket and I was the elf because I needed one. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I definitely have never worn a hot pink elf costume. That's probably a good thing. Um, it, the only thing I can really think of that comes to mind is um, when I was at the Philadelphia Museum of Art, uh, my main job was to install and design the AV system for there. And um, we had a, an artist couple come in and um, it was very AV intensive. I did a lot of work with it, um, but uh, it, it, <laughs> it ended up um, me being a little bit of a, a babysitter for the one artist because he felt so excited, so happy that he decided to drink too much before uh, at the opening, I guess, at the, before the opening and at the opening. And, oh, dear. Um, I don't know why I was asked to do it, but I had to kind of bring him down. Oh, boy. And just be like, it's okay, buddy. And I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be like some night in college where I'd have to, like, hold a girl's hair back. <laughs> you know, something like that. Where was, or, you know, there's this guy and I'm going to have to, like, keep him from like, acting like some priceless piece of art. <laughs> Oh, no, because you were in a museum. Could you imagine if, if like, because we had all these sculptors that were in this hallway right outside where their exhibition was, and it just was like, he knocks one of these over, he throws up. And I think it was just because he liked me, but um, it, it ended up being okay. I think yeah. his, his wife kind of threw him through the ringer and was a little annoyed that he, but, you know, I guess you got to blow off steam. They spent a lot of months and a lot of time getting this thing done, but, you know, being babysitter for a drunk artist is, um, and had its moment. There you go. That was my job in college. They all called me grandma. I, w I was a resident assistant, so I spent a lot of time um, either uh, looking the other way or <laughs> making sure that everyone got home safely. So. There you go. I made everybody drink water, took their keys away, and gently prodded people and said, I don't think you should go home with him. Let me walk you home. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do it, you know? Yeah. So clearly that was a skill that we bring into programming. <laughs> um, 
Well, Billy, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. I'm so proud of how far you've come in a year. I'm just, I mean, you've got, you went from zero to like 160, way faster than I did this. So kudos to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I really look forward to having you back when you're certified so we can all go, yay. Oh, uh, and I look forward to not, neither of us having to hold anyone's hair back. <laughs> you're drinking. Um, but thank you. Um, you have been listening to The Floating Point on Rave Pubs Radio. I am your host, Hope Roth, and we will see you next time. <laughs>